rolling. This is it. This is episode 428 of No Laugh Track Podcast. I am Justin Severson, the host. I am here with the headliner this week at Acme. Zach Martina is back. I'm back. It is. We've already hit September. I don't know how the hell we're already in I mean, September. Just September, though. Just it's basically still August. It's August 33rd yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, just 13 months ago, I believe, you were here in July of uh, 2020. That was kind mm-hmm. of a strange time of uh, in the middle of the pandemic. I think it was right the, when I don't even know how to describe what position. What I would say the Midwest was just starting to lift restrictions. Yeah. So like everybody was at a certain percentage for capacity, and it was uh, it was the first time that I had gotten out. You speak as if times were like they're just as weird now. That's yeah. Could you ever imagine that this world? This country, what have you, whatever it is that you want to, world, country, would be so divided over a, a fucking piece of cloth over your face. Just masks. It it's blows me away. It's just, it's not political. You can make it political if you want. But everybody gets everybody gets so crazy about Halloween or New Year's Eve or Mardi Gras with their little masquerade balls and just wants to be someone else. Why wouldn't you wear a Just wear the goddamn mask. We all live in this community, this this universe that's we grew up watching Marvel Universe and now the DC Universe and all these superheroes have masks on and they have secret identities. And now we have masks and we can have secret identities and just go around being vigilantes in the grocery store. <laughs> no one can find you. I, I dude, I cannot believe how divided we are over this shit. I'm sorry. I didn't expect for that to happen, but that really triggered something in me. <laughs> we, my uh, my youngest daughter just turned two, so they have you know those landmark uh, doctor appointments, right? Mm-hmm. You know, one, one and a half, two, whatever. Thirteen, I think, is the next one. No, but, um, <laughs> so we went and did that the other night, and we walk into a clinic in Minnesota. Of course, they do have a policy where they ab- you absolutely have to have a mask on and it was really sunny at that time of day so i still had my sunglasses on yeah like i could be anybody For at sure. that point like that's what they uh the unabomber that was his outfit back you know 15 20 years ago or whatever it was a mask with sunglasses if i just had a hoodie pulled up it would be completely well that's what i have to do but before i say why I have, you said uh you had to take her to the clinic i'm glad everything is fine but whenever someone refers to a doctor's office as a clinic it just automatically makes me think it's a sexually transmitted disease <laughs> Anytime someone says clinic, it's like they're getting. It's not a. It's not a vaccination. It is a. It is a. It is a shot. It is a reactive thing. They are not being proactive here. They did. They made a mistake, and they're going to get it fixed at the clinic. Doctors proactive, clinics reactive. (laughs) Well. Fine. She went to Sturgis, <laughs> and uh, she didn't get uh, COVID, but she did get an STD. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, so. they're, it's it's crazy how fast these kids are maturing these days. <laughs> yeah. um, she so, took her tricycle to COVID, yeah. or to, to uh, Sturgis, and things like that. That sandbox is notorious. Um, Careful where you sit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think we got a real nice lawsuit against Pampers, though. I thought, uh, I thought that would be more protective. Those are real fluffy, and it, and it got right through. <laughs> Um, but to your point of wearing the hood, I can't like the mask doesn't mask me because of my hair. Yeah. So I had to start pulling my hair back into like a bun and putting a hood on walking through the grocery store. And I realized that I look like like a more like a sub-zero scorpion Mortal Kombat ninja. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but who just stopped getting ready for the tournament? Like I'm no longer trying to get ready to fight i'm just like oh i have ice powers good my ben and jerry's won't melt do you yeah. know what i mean like that's <laughs> that's where i am at right now 
No, t- 15 years ago you were peaking. Now you're the coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still got the outfit. I know that. I know technically what you're supposed to do. I can't show you. I got a few pretty good videos that'll show you a nice back fist and a throat punch, but I cannot do it because I have four clogged arteries up in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> As the Ben and Jerry's is just stuck in my beard. <laughs> um, We've talked about STDs, and that was a very sexual slurping noise, too. It was. Inadvertently, that's what this episode is becoming, <laughs> and I'm thrilled about it. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'm still picturing myself walking into that clinic, like, uh, under your, uh, the way you described it, where we're bringing her in for it. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> this is really shameful. <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> You are going to have to test for more than just how much she weighs. So, <laughs> she's fine. Everything's fine. That's great. She's uh, she's healthy and happy. I'm glad you were a good sport about that because I wasn't obviously like referring to your child as an individual. <laughs> but sometimes, like if any, if an, a parent, if a child is mentioned in front of a parent, they just assume it's their child and they get bent out of shape. And oh. it's like. You're pretty insecure about the job you're doing, aren't you? Oh, you're, for you're sure. messing up. Yes. Yep. One hundred percent. I don't like a, like I have two girls. They're ten and eight now, and I love them very much. I realize I don't like a lot of other people's kids, and nine times out of ten, if I don't like the kid, I detest their parents. It's just a matter of like how they're being raised. Like, just teach your kid to say fucking please and thank you. Yeah, that's it. Uh huh. But well, I, I will. Uh... I'm hoping, so my oldest daughter is 15, and she asked me for a couple favors just in the last week. And not once, text and, and verbally right to my face, is not throwing a please in. And I'm like, honey, you know I'm going to say yes, so yep. that's probably why you're skipping the, all the politeness to these questions. But I hope you're still including that with other people, and I would appreciate that as well. I mean, it just makes a huge difference. It, I've got the same thing. I want to ask you about that uh, 15-year-old because mine are 10 and 8, and I know that those hormones and puberty are coming into play, and I'm terrified. But as far as the please and thank you goes, when we go to restaurants, my oldest, she's wonderful. May I please have such and such? Thank you. And my youngest will just be like, you know, I can, I'll, I'll just take a, a grilled cheese uh, with some applesauce, and I will just look, and the server's already gone. And she's like, I know. And then the server comes back with and then the server comes back with her grilled cheese and applesauce and she overdoes the thank you because she knows she missed it. She goes, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This looks really yummy. And it's just like just a complete overcompensation. And I kind of want her to stop saying please altogether because those are the best moments in the world where she's just trying to dig out of that hole. Yes. Yeah, yeah. right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, here I have a tip that she can use to really suck up after the mistake. Most of these, this just happened when we were out to dinner somewhere. It was, I don't think it was a, uh, like a, a make good. I, my, I think my daughter was just being sincere, but she complimented the woman, uh, the server on her fingernails. Oh my God. Uh, buddy. They could have been, I'm surprised we didn't get our meal for free. I am with you 100%. I teach my kids all the time. I'm like, if you have something nice to say to somebody, if you are genuinely admiring something about their attitude or what they're wearing yeah. or how their hair is done or whatever, tell them. Because nine times out of ten during the day, they are getting just berated. It doesn't have to be a server. It can be anyone. Sure. So the other day, I was trying to instill that by leading right example. We're at this sushi restaurant, and this busboy, I mean, the, he had the nicest eyes I've ever seen in my life. I was lost in them. I was adrift at sea. I was with Jack and Rose on that fucking door after the Titanic went down. And if the last thing I saw were his baby blues, I would have died a happy man. They yes. were 
perfect. And I'm like, I got to tell this kid. But I was getting over that shit my dad instilled in me growing up. Like, you can't give a man a compliment like that. You can't do it. And I was like, no, he deserves it. And I'm going through this argument in my head. Meanwhile, my kids are like, why isn't he talking? Yeah, right. why, are, why are his eyes doing that dad, back and dad, forth thing? Dad, yeah. dad, dad. <laughs> so I get the courage up and I go, man, I got to tell you, and I know this is going to sound unusual, um, but your eyes are just on point. They're, they're just, you have wonderful eyes. And he looked at me and he goes, I cannot tell you how much that means to me. I have had the hardest day, and this was a perfect way to end it. And I was like, you see, girls? You see? You see that's why you give compliments. We just, we just made his day. We stopped him from going on a killing spree. That's all it took. I was just telling him how nice his eyes were. Just always give the compliments, man. And then and then he went home and he's like, some gay dude hit on me and fix out. <laughs> Wasn't you no? Know, they wouldn't refer to me as a gay dude. They were they would clearly refer to me as a bear. I, <laughs> I I have a very specific niche in the gay community. I found out I am a bear. <laughs> oh, and I will I fully admit that. Uh, but any of those like out of nowhere compliments, they don't get that from me. I'm not the one that speaks up to do that. They get that from uh, their, yeah. their stepmom. Yeah. Ashley's very good at doing that. She always, I love your hair. I love your curls. I love your glasses. I love your sweatshirt. So, oh yeah, it just goes such a long way. Uh-huh. Because in just the world, I mean, especially these days, it's just nothing but negative. Yeah. And so just to have that little, that little, you know, ray of hope. Just that nice little thing. It's enough to fuel you for a day or two. Absolutely. So I love that we're talking about this kid stuff, and I want to keep that going and tie it into you are no longer doing the podcast that we discussed that you were doing a year ago at this time. No. Immorally speaking. Yep. Is come to an end. Yeah, I I was editing that, and I just, I'm, I hope everybody really enjoys the sound of my voice, whether it be at a live show. Come out this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We got five shows left. It's mm-hmm. going to be great. Come out and enjoy the show. Listen to my voice, but I could not take listening to my voice. I couldn't do it. So I was like, we got to stop, buddy. I can't. That's what happened? Yeah, I just couldn't handle listening to it anymore. <laughs> you didn't try to talk your buddy into doing the editing? I love him. Gold Chris Schlichting. Yeah. Wonderful fella. Super great comedian out of... Uh, out of Iowa, but uh, I don't think I'm out of place by saying he is not technologically savvy. Or oh, gifted. okay. That wasn't okay. going to work out. So yeah. I was just like, I can't, man. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So you're doing a new one now. I've listened to all all of the episodes. Really? All three. So thank you. Yeah. There's a new one coming out here soon. How soon? Tomorrow? Tomorrow? Probably. Yeah. I'm okay. being a little lax on it, but uh, it's called I Learned It From You. And just as a parent, you know, I want to talk to people, to comics, to my friends about I want it to be like we're sitting at your dinner table around the holidays. So your your mom's there, your dad's there, your brothers, your sisters. And you guys are all just shooting the shit, talking about the stuff from your childhood that was so embarrassing that you can't believe happened. Yes. And uh, I just I think it's a very specific storytelling podcast about why you are the way you are, how your parents raised you or if you have kids how you're raising your kids because I know I fucked up. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know if they're in therapy, I'm I, I definitely deserve a little bit of the blame. Mm-hmm. I, that's how it happens. Yep. So I think those stories are great. I think it's a nice way to be vulnerable. I think it's a great way to just hear stories that maybe if they're comics, they're not doing those bits on stage. I think it, and if the guest loves to do anything, especially if they're comics, it's just talk about themselves. Right. So let's get into <laughs> it. I am loving it so far. Thanks, man. So I am. I'm legitimately like interested when the next one's coming out uh, because I'm a fan and oh, I've dude. subscribed. I people, I don't. I mean, I I don't know if it's for people that don't have kids, but if you have parents, everybody has parents at some point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that was my whole vibe with it. Like you all have stories from your childhood. Yes. Wh- whether it was your parents, if your grandparents raised you, your uncle, whoever, like your role models were growing up. Yes. They missed. They made mistakes. 
So uh, the first episode, mm-hmm. your guest, I don't remember his name. Jeff Sheen. Jeff, yes, Jeff. Originally out of Michigan, then he jumped to Chicago. He's now in New York. He just put out, uh, he's got a dry bar special coming out. He's one of the funniest dudes out there. Check out Jeff Sheen. Yes, I looked him up. That's right. Dry bar. Um, he talked about, and I'm like, so I, you know, I have 15, 13, and just turned two, mm-hmm. and... The two-year-old is sleeping in the bed with, well, it would be with us, except I bailed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I don't stay in that bed anymore. And I worry about what that's going to lead to, what it's already led to. And your first guest, Jeff, uh-huh. it, admit, admitted, confessed yeah. on your podcast that he I did learned that. it from you exclusive. <laughs> Holy crap. He did that till he was 10. Yeah. I mean, if I would be lying if I didn't say I did it uh, probably until I was seven or eight. But I do remember my parents started making me sleep on the floor. Yeah. And then, uh, I, but I mean, I stopped on my own accord. You guys should definitely listen to that episode with Jeff because how he stopped is... It's a great story. It is a fantastic <laughs> story. I mean, the, I, there are so many moments where I'm like, what? Let's just say that the title of that episode is The Water Broke on Jeff Sheen. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah, you'll, you'll be like, rubbing, you'll be listening. I'm going to rub things off your body. Like, it's, yeah, that fantastic episode. Those stories are amazing. You do, now you're doing a thing, like confessionals, you're calling them. Yeah, just up top. Yeah. I want to be better. At interviews, like so, I want to try. I'm trying to make it more about the guest, and then I'll just share a little something up top before I plug my dates and whatever. But if I do it that way, then at least I can make the entire interview about them and not interject as many hosts do. Like, here's my experience, yeah. you know, and uh, I just want to make it about them so they can have a good time and yeah. and feel special. The- that's what a parent's supposed to do: is make their folks feel special, right? <laughs> yeah, each guest at, is a child at <laughs> any cost. Yeah, at any cost. Clearly. Uh, well, I love the one that you did about your dad and your bike. Oh yeah, man. Uh, people, that was thinking the second episode. I think I so. Yeah. Correctly, and we don't even need to spoil it. Just you know, there's that whole thing about it's when, right up top. Yeah, just go there and listen to it. it. It's fantastic. It's uh, Zach's dad had a unique way of teaching a lesson. He sure did. That my not, dad, not everybody does. My dad was very, very aware of the Eighth Amendment that bars any cruel and unusual punishment, but he said, he's they're my kids, God damn it, and I will do it any way I please. We rarely got grounded, but I do specifically remember an aroma when I got disciplined, and I think it was because my dad would go ripped to the high heavens and then come back after he had gotten creative and like punished us. He would just be like, oh, I'm going to teach him a lesson, and... They won't forget. <laughs> and I, I, I put my bike away after that. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> I bet you did. Uh, also, and this is, uh, maybe you were not expecting this compliment about that podcast. Great theme song. Very catchy. Pulls you in right away. Oh, man, that is... Uh Brad Goff recorded it, and then another buddy of mine who's a member of one of my favorite bands out there, he, he wrote it for me, and we just kind of went with the... Um, the Randy Newman Toy Story theme uh, yes. kind of took like basic tropes of childhood and darkened them up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but, you know, Pen Pals with Rory Scovel and Daniel Van Kirk and uh, Dumb People Town with the Sklars. Love it. Um, their theme songs are just fire. You Made It Weird's got a great one. Yeah. And I was like, I need to have a theme song. Turn around, turn around, it's Dumb People Town. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I just needed to have a theme song that could that could hold up to it. And, I mean, it's real catchy. Yeah, it's very yeah. catchy. It's very catchy. Good job. Good, good job. Oh, I so I have a thing I found online. I'm gonna go through some of this list with you. Okay. I think you will enjoy this. 
This just has to do with uh, so uh, keeping secrets from kids. Okay. Right. This is a list. We don't. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, well, let's let's refresh people. People don't remember that. Uh, you and your wife are very open about stuff with the kids. Uh-huh. Swearing, as you discussed the last time mm-hmm. you were here with me, if they can, what was it? Two different ways. They to can use give it? me two synonyms. Uh, and the definition, they can say it all they want. Yeah, all the I, way, all the way to fuck to yep. anything. Just don't, yeah. don't sound stupid. Yeah, love. Use it, it in the right context. Uh huh. You can get a longer description of that in the last episode yeah. <laughs> that uh, Zach did with me here, which was uh, three eighty two. If I didn't say that already, but we're gonna look up this list I have. So this is eleven secrets you should always, always, Zach, keep from your kids. Who's the author? Uh, someone writing for Reader's Digest, so you'll probably disagree with most of it. But these. they just went anonymous. What a fucking coward! <laughs> no, it's someone... eleven things you should all. No, nope. no, nope. nope. her name. It's a woman. Her name is Morgan. Morgan Kudelo. Updated June seventh, twenty twenty one. Listen, I'm gi- I'm Morgan Kudelo. I haven't heard these yet, and I'm looking forward to hearing them. But I firmly believe that if you're keeping secrets from your kids, they're not going to talk to you when they're fucking adults. Fuck you, Morgan. I didn't mean that. That was aggressive. But, you know, sometimes I just say things. I shoot from the hip. I listen to my heart. And it's hard not to listen to because I have clogged arteries and it beats a little louder. So you can't help but hear it. <laughs> uh, all right. When you, become, when you become a parent, it's important to be open with your kids, even though it may get annoying when they ask you 500 questions a day. It's important to answer them honestly because that is a large part of how th- uh, they learn and grow. But some things, Zach, according to Morgan, are better left unsaid. Keep those secrets from your kids to help them grow with good role models. Interesting. Let's let's hear these. All right. Number one. I'm going to dispute every single yep. one of them. Number one, how much you love junk food. What kid? What? Is that what this list is? What kid is saying, I love junk food, and they're like, well, you're just going to tell them you don't too? If you, I don't understand that. Your kids' eating habits often reflect their parents, but even moms and dads like to take a break uh, to open a bag of greasy potato chips. However, you want to teach your kids the importance of a healthy diet. Um, I'm, 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 I'm furious. <laughs> I am. I don't know what I'm. Genu- I've been speaking so fast. I've been. I feel like I'm shooting from the hip, and we're doing it, and I'm left speechless. I, how, that is not a thing a parent should have to worry about. Do you want to look Morgan up on social media? I want to hear the rest of these fucking ten first. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, There's no-, no way she has she's been disbarred or she's lost her medical license or anything because of cockamamie attitude like that. <laughs> yeah, I said cockamamie because I'm a dad. Uh, number two, uh, don't tell them it'll be okay if they don't eat all of their fruits and vegetables. So don't tell them how much you love junk food, but also make sure that they eat all of the natural sugars. I mean, that seems a little hypocritical. What if they're full? What if that one last half of strawberry is going to make them projectile vomit all over your fresh cream-colored carpet? You're not getting that stain out, Morgan. Uh, that's not how math is taught anymore. And <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Obviously, don't tell them something bad is going to happen if they don't eat their broccoli. You don't want to scare them. Still, it's important to teach them from a young age how vital it is to have a balanced diet. So this is all about diet. Uh, nope. I, I agree. I agree with that. We're moving on. On the philosophical standpoint, sure. um, I do not think a fear is a great tactic to employ with your kids because then they're going to, I mean, I think pull away from taking chances in life. But, I mean, you, 
we make our kids sit there and eat their broccoli, which isn't difficult. They enjoy our broccoli. We throw it in the air fryer. It's delicious. Throw a little yeah. salt, a little pepper, put a little olive oil in there. God, it's like a fucking treat. But you do, you do not want to use fear. But then again, you have to. You're. If all you of these are contradicting each other. If you She's don't saying, eat your broccoli, someone's going to take you out of your bed tonight. Yeah, exactly. And then also, that's two and three at the same time. Don't tell them that they can't eat all their fruits and vegetables. That tell them that they have to eat all their fruits and vegetables. And then if not, put the fear of God into them. Yeah. This is this is what religion is. Like, hey, don't do this thing. Something terrible is going to happen to you, and you're going to live a terrible, terrible life. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You want to? <laughs> you're absolutely right. You want a baby put in you on prom? Eat that fucking broccoli. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you even want to go to prom? Eat your broccoli. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, you're going to go out for a nice meal, and you're going to get the asparagus, and you're going to eat it, and you're going to eat it all. I will be sitting two booths over. That's an o- She's an overbearing parent. She's got nothing else to do. This isn't even a good article. She's not even a good writer. <laughs> Number three, don't tell them how much it hurt to give birth to them. You don't want your child living with the guilt due to the fact that they caused you a lot of pain. In the end, it was all worth it, wasn't it? The guilt? What What are they going to feel guilty about? At some point, it seems like it's happening sooner than later these days. They're like, I didn't ask to come into this world. <laughs> yeah, right. right, right so right. don't tell them how bad it hurt. Don't be honest with them. What happens when, if it's a boy, they fall in love and then they they meet a nice lady or they they and they have a baby and then and then there's so much pain. Like you need them to know what they're going through. And then a woman, when when does this stop? Like when do you start having these conversations? And if you don't have these conversations at a very young age, if you don't have if you don't talk to these kids when they're young about it, when the time comes where it's like, oh, they're mentally mature enough to handle it, they're gonna be like, ew, gross, stop, mom, yeah. don't talk to me. This woman is just. I can't. I can't. <laughs> she's. It's avoidance. Yeah. It's full on avoidance. She's terrified. Yeah. I guarantee this woman got beat with a belt when she was growing up. There were several lists I looked over for uh, to talk to you about today, and I was like, "Oh, this one is the most ridiculous." I can't believe it. <laughs> it's the, the most ridiculous. Next one is: uh, uh, be sure and hide from them that you had a, that you and your spouse just had a fight. Nope. And I got to tell you, and I, I'm going to hop in with a quick opinion Please. on this one. Uh, I, I'm. I'm who I am now, and I have a hard time still dealing with conflict and stuff because uh-huh. I never saw my parents fight. They're still <sighs> together to this day. They I, they never fought. That can't be true. But to me, they never fought. Sure. Ever. I, Ever. I heard my parents Ever. argue a lot. I heard them screaming, and I also will argue with my wife, and we have a pretty open floor plan in our home. So I know that the kids hear it. Our youngest definitely tries to act as a peacemaker. If she senses even, like, even if we're play fighting, she'd be like, okay, well, here's something nice about you, and here's something nice about you, and remember that you love I'm like, we're not fighting. Like, that's how often she's, like, trying to. But I think wow, we get into the fights, and then we acknowledge that, you know, I was wrong, or she'll acknowledge she was wrong, and we're very clear about that. But I think it's very important that they learn that fighting happens and that you can kiss and make up because relationships, close friendships, marriages, long-lasting relationships, they're fucking hard. Yes. It's not perfect. It's not easy. Like, yes. And for them not to be prepared that, like, hey, listen, here's how I feel. I got to get through it. You're doing them a disservice. I, I completely agree. Like, this one's hitting me hard because, yeah, I... I, uh, you know, we have complicated uh, relationships in my family with wife, ex-wife, sure. you know, step, you know, you're, you have part of that situation mm-hmm. and it's, uh, things can get, I couldn't imagine trying to hide that s- stuff when we, when there are problems, 
it would. I just can't even imagine. Mm-mm. I can't even imagine. Uh, don't hide from them how much you despise doing housework. No one likes cleaning a sink full of dirty dishes or folding laundry, but your kids don't have to know that. An important part of them growing up is teaching them responsibility. Once they start doing chores, they will learn on their own how... (laughs) Let me start over there. Once they start doing chores, they will learn on their own how miserable it can be. Let them figure it out. Uh, This article lacks any kind of substance. (laughs) This is a clickbait article. I I cannot believe that Reader's Digest is just... Are they that hungry for... For content? Why, first of all, what do you suppose... Did you grow up with Mary Poppins and you think it's all just like a real fun party? No. And you know what you learn doing the housework? We assign... We make a big list of everything that needs to get done that day or over the course of the weekend and we assign tasks. And you know what we do? We fucking tackle it as a team because that's what we are. We're a family living under the same walls working toward one common goal. Who cares if you don't like do I don't like doing a lot of things, but when I do them and accomplish them, I feel pretty damn good about myself. Correct. So why deprive them of that sense of accomplishment? Like I thought we were having fun here, but like I'm getting more and more angry. <laughs> um let's see here. Uh, uh don't tell them how much you hate yelling at them. Uh I I do hate yelling at them and I will I will tell them I hate yelling at them because sometimes I lose my temper because I'm a goddamn human being. And then after I've cooled down, I go up and I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. I shouldn't talk to you that way. I lost my cool and that's not okay. Here's where I was coming from. I hope you understand. I do genuinely apologize. It shouldn't have been handled that way. But I think it, I think doing that, but then also telling them, hey, listen, I messed up, teaches them accountability. I think them, I think that teaches them that it's okay to have emotions. And as long as you are somewhat self-aware, you can go back and be like, Listen, I made a mistake. Yeah. Accountability is key. And all of these things, by the way, she's like, don't teach your kids accountability. No. Keep them naive. Yep. Keep This is the uh, naive scale. Uh, don't let them know you're having money problems. It's important to keep your child feeling like they have a normal life, even if your stress levels are through the roof trying to keep up with the bills. They might not be able to have the newest toy in the market, but you can keep them feeling loved and nurtured for no money at all. I mean... Sure, but if your kid is just dying for the newest technology or the newest toy or, you know, they're throwing a hissy fit or a temper tantrum because they can't get this cool new thing they saw in the JCPenney coupon catalog or whatever, like, are you spending enough time with your kids? Why do they need these things? Oh, yeah. Why do they need them so much? I mean, are you – I, I guarantee – those people, they're out there, and they're the ones at a restaurant where you see the kids are on the iPad. Yeah. I I can't. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, we got one more. This one's going to cheer you up. I hope it cheers me up <laughs> because uh, we got finally. Do not let them know how much of a mess your life can be sometimes. I mean, I do that too. We're, I mean, we are an uh, open book. <laughs> like, here's what I'm going through. I remember when my daughter <laughs> – we went to the Van Gogh exhibit, the immersive Van Gogh, and uh, oh, it was great. It was yeah. so cool. My youngest daughter's so into that stuff. Um, but we were there, and she's like, how did Van Gogh die? I was like, read it. And she goes, oh, so he shot himself in the chest. And I go, yeah. I go, she goes, I didn't know that he committed suicide. And I'm like, yeah, you know what suicide is. It's a very real thing in life because the world is hard. And I don't want you to get smacked in the face. Don't just dip your, like, we'll dip your toe in. 
and then get you ready for the full thing. They know what uh, I told them what depression was. I was going through just a bout of sadness, and I made sure that they knew it wasn't their fault. It was just the way my brain was wired and what I was going through. And the poor little girl, she goes, oh, my God, I didn't know you had the sadness. Oh. <laughs> she called it the sadness. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? She didn't, she didn't take it as it was her fault. She came and she asked. She goes, hey, listen, you know, there's this new Marvel show. Do you want to watch that? Or, like, I'm reading this book. Do you want to talk about that? And, like, she was just there. And yeah. then it helped. I didn't ask her to be. It was, it was wonderful. And now, as a result, they're like, here's what I'm going through. Sometimes you have to, like, pull it out of them a little bit because they're, they're, they're shy and they're embarrassed because they're having feelings for the first time, especially at these young ages. Sure. But it allows you to be like, if you're vulnerable with them, if you're honest with them, if you just take any kind of accountability for what's going on in your life, they will know that it's okay for them to do that with you. And ultimately, as they're hitting puberty and their hormones are coming into play, that's what you want. You don't want them not to be like, oh, I can't talk to you about this. I can't talk to you about that. Because that's how people get fucking pregnant. Yeah. Or dead. Yeah. Or into drugs. I don't want them getting into a car with somebody who's been drinking. Do you know what I mean? They need to be able to know they can call us. Mm -hmm. Whenever. So I don't think you should, yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with that either. I, I would like to, uh, Reader's Digest, get at me. I would like to rebuke all of these things, <laughs> and uh, I'd like to do some editing, And but I think she's wrong. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you 99% there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Morgan. Didn't mean to call you out, but uh, you put it out there for us. Yeah. Sorry, Morg. But you know what? Mission accomplished, Morgan, because I'm sure you just wanted to start a dialogue. You just wanted to get a conversation going. <laughs> I so this is cr you know there actually could be some there probably has no truth to that but there actually could be this is a quick little side story my friend's uh, uncle passed away uh, in the last week and this guy was um, how, how can I say this he he years ago burned rock and roll albums like set them on fire. Oh, as if like the book burnings back in the day. Yes. Okay. Rock and roll albums. Uh, he had a church that he wanted to get attention to, and he, uh, and like it, I ended up it hit the news and all this stuff. I don't know. It was like twenty, twenty-five years ago or something. But it, between then and now, he told my buddy, his nephew, I just did that. I didn't really believe that we needed to burn these records. I did it for the attention. Because if I just said, "Hey, show up to my church." People aren't going to pay attention. But if I set these records on fire, I'm going to get everybody's attention. He should have just started an open mic. <laughs> you want people to get, start an open mic at your church, people will start coming. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? If you didn't burn those albums, you'd have some music. <laughs> Always looking for more stage time. Yeah, I'll take it. That's what you hear? Yeah. <laughs> He sounds like he needed an outlet. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. That's very funny. That's very funny. Uh, we've done about a half an hour. Is there anything else we should be mentioning? For so Obviously, we mentioned your podcast. People yep. should listen to that. Subscribe. C most importantly, come here and see you do live material. Yeah. Be part of the crowd here at Acme. This is my fourth time here. And, I mean, the staff and the club is just so great. The audiences are awesome. And I finally am feeling, like, just super-duper comfortable on this like taking chances just getting up there and throwing some darts and seeing what hits and uh i think last night was a little unusual i think we took some uh some roads less traveled and i i just want to keep doing that the rest of the weekend yeah let's just have fun yeah and i know from being an audience member that when i hear the uh talent talk like that that it's a good show yeah yeah 
Well, I had uh, I had good teachers, so that's uh, that's that's one thing I'm very fortunate for. This is all about just having fun. If I'm having fun, the crowd's gonna have fun, and that's all that's all we can hope for. You know what? I'm gonna throw in one more question. Here. Yeah, uh, and this is one I think I'm gonna start throwing in at the end of a lot of these. You can answer this however uh, any any way you want. There's no wrong answer at all. I just want you to fill in the blank, uh, and this could be this could relate to some to a year into you doing comedy or last night or what whenever. But fill fill in this sentence. I can't believe that blank thinks I'm funny. You can't believe who thinks you're funny. I guess I can't believe that my daughters and my wife think I'm funny. Okay. There are a number of comics who like I just respect and and getting that seal of approval, them telling me good job or you know you're a funny. That was it's huge. It just it felt great. But getting. My wife to laugh at something is difficult because I'm when people ask I'll ask her people ask her what's it like being married to a comedian and they're like you got to be laughing all the time what's it like being married to a comedian and my wife always says a lot of swings and misses so when I connect it's like oh that is that is really funny like and I have to, I have to write it down and then try and build from those bones and then with my kids like I said they're ten and eight and maybe. The fact that I uh, went against all 11 of those things is a result of my kids having the darkest senses of humor at their age. But um, they get they get adult jokes, not like sexually graphic jokes or but they get they have a great vocabulary. They understand like you can see my eight year old listening when you're talking to see if she can turn a phrase. Do you know what I mean? So she's she's very aware of that. So when I say something, even if it is like a pretty troped dad joke but i try and put my own spin on it and they laugh i'm like okay like i um emceed my daughter's fourth grade graduation and she told me after she was like she was just so proud she goes everybody came up to me and they said you're so cool and you're so funny because i conducted myself the way that i do on stage and i know as a result she behaves that way and she just has this type of confidence. So I would say that I can't believe my family thinks as I'm as funny as I am because I I wouldn't be here if they didn't. That's that's definitely it. I mean, wow. it all started clicking when the family came into play. I started talking about stuff that meant something to me. Yeah, they're they're responsible for me still going. Holy Ten years cow. in. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Wow. That was an even better answer than I could have imagined. That's awesome, man. I'm glad I took a beat to think about it because I wanted to just fire back and be like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great answer. Yeah. That's a great answer. Well, uh, like I said, people to come see you this weekend, follow you on social media. Yeah. It's just my name, at Zach Martina on all of them. Perfect. Um, I love your enthusiasm. I, Thanks, I love talking to you. Let's this do this again. Fun. So many times people ask you to do podcasts and they're like, and you're like, ah, I'm sleeping. Uh, I'm gonna go right. Yeah. Nah, no. <laughs> Just but this one I was I asked Brandon last night. I was like, Hey, are we doing are we doing that podcast tomorrow? And he goes, Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. So I was super excited to come back and chat and uh this is when you come to do Acme as a comedian, I genuinely look forward to the whole experience from the hotel to the shows to the hangs after to the podcast. So I read everything about Acme in Minneapolis is just crown jewel, not only of the Midwest, but I would I would argue America. It's, I mean, it's great, man. I mean, you heard it here. Yeah. Thank you, Zach. Of course, thank you. Boom, that was awesome.